0: Hi, this is Jeff Dixon, and I'm the pastor of Word of Life here in Miami, Oklahoma. And I'm glad you've chosen today to listen to this, our podcast. I hope as you listen to this, you fall more in love with Jesus, and I also hope you fall more in love with His people. Enjoy this podcast today. So I was, uh, we'll just jump right into the word. I was uh, just, I don't know if it was Friday. I think it was Friday. By the way, it's good to have fresh faces, new faces in the room today on this crazy weather day. Bentonville, if you're on with us today, thanks for joining us. I'll focus on you for just a minute. Enjoying Jesus and coffee at the same time from home. It's good to see you. Thank you for your support and your prayers glad to have you with us but i think it was friday as i was uh, all week long i've been just as i generally do just praying and seeking god for today and i've i, I know what i uh, am getting ready to transition we're going to take a break from manifestation we'll get back into that series i think it's going to be a word that we touch bases with um for those that are online that don't know and with us today uh our word for 2019 is manifestation, from uh, God giving us, I believe God's going to transition us uh, into a new building, there's going to be things that we are going to be able to put our hands on, I believe already this year we're beginning to see the, the tangible move of God in our own lives, and uh, that's that manifestation word at work, we've listened to and learned about the names of God and how he manifests who he is by nature through his name have uh, last week we we learned, uh, and then we practiced Wednesday night how to pray uh, through the Lord's Prayer, and I think we're going to begin to see some manifestation of God in our lives through that, and I'm excited about that. So we're going to just continue to kind of come back and forth to that word throughout the year, and I want to move us into uh, not today, and I'll explain why, but in the next few weeks, uh, what we'll call—I don't know if we're going to call it basic or what—but we're just going to talk starting hopefully next week, God allows me to, just talking about foundational truths, kind of like what do we believe, what's the Bible say, what are the basics of the Word of God, so we're going to we're gonna do that, um, but I was, it was Friday, uh, and I was, I really, I was struggling, because I, I thought I wanted to start this foundational stuff today, I was going to talk about baptisms, three baptisms, I won't even, I won't even get into that today, but um, because that but that we were going to start kind of on some foundational truths of that we're going to talk about salvation and what it is to be saved and what it is to be water baptized and we're going to look at all of those things and i I was like I, i went back and forth i need to get going on that i've been wanting to do that since last year and uh i just i could not get going on it and generally when i can't get going on something like that that's a good indicator that it's not time yet and uh yesterday uh, Proverbs a, a, a word a scripture in Proverbs came to mind and it just kept going over and over in my head trust in the Lord with all your heart lean not on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make you straight your paths and I kept going back to that I kept going back to that And I felt like you know today we needed to concentrate on trusting in God so that's that's going to be our title for today trusting in God so I don't I don't know what that dude's doing. Maybe he's jumping off the ledge. Maybe God's standing out there. It makes me think, was it uh the uh the which Indiana Jones was it? Is it the one with the um, the um what's the the which Indiana Jones is it? The goblet one. The help me out here. You all need Jesus. What on earth? I, anyway, so this isn't going to mean anything to you. But he goes to search for the it's the thing, the thingymajigger. No, 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 no. The yes, the Holy Grail. Anyway, and he goes. He, they finally get to the end where the it's it's. The Holy Grail is going to be there. And, and they've got to just take a leap of faith. And as he steps down, there's a bridge that looks like... Anyway, I, I've i just botched that so bad. So we're not going to even go there. Father God, fix my words today. Let us understand what you want in Jesus' name. All right. So anyway, this whole trusting in the Holy Grail, that is it. That is it. The Holy Grail. You, you've you seen the Holy Grail, right? Yeah, you're with me. And do you remember this? So I'm just going to talk to Sam for a minute. Do you remember? So... They get there, and it looks like the, the, where the grail's kept, that it's this big chasm that if they step out, they're going to go down and die forever, right? Yeah. And and the key phrase or whatever talks about the, the leap of faith. Do yeah. you remember that? And so, it, was it Indy? I think it was Indy. He goes, and he goes, and all of a sudden a bridge appears, and he can see it. It's about perspective, and then he throws sand across, and everybody can see it, and they cross over to where the grail is. But anyway... And then the dude drinks the wrong one, and he dies quickly. It was very ugly. Is so, that what? Yeah. It was, yeah. Anyway, whatever. So I really felt like, anyway, that as that proverb kept running over in my head, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. I wanted to just dive into that whole uh, proverb, those, uh, proverb. It's in Proverbs 3, and we're going to look at 1 through 12. And uh, let's just begin at the beginning. And I, I don't know that I'm going to take a lot of time. The last time I said that, I took longer than I anticipated. But I, I don't have a whole. I I don't have a ton of notes. I just thought we'd talk a little bit. Um, so Proverbs three one through twelve, and it opens with, "My son, do not forget my teaching." And so there's some. Here I go already. There's some significance to that opening line right there. And, and understand that when, when God is addressing us today as sons, he's talking to our daughters as well. But um, this connection, this relationship, you remember last week when we opened the Lord's Prayer with our Father, the significance of drawing us into the family of God, that it, it gave us a perspective of who we are in the kingdom of God. And, and this opening today, My son, do not forget my teaching. But let your heart keep my commandments. So that goes on to tell me that commandments, keeping God's truths, keeping what he wants us to do, goes deeper than yes and no. It is deeper than what I can and cannot do. And it goes more into heart alignment with the Father. Heart alignment with what he has for us. Heart alignment with the righteousness that he provides for us. Amen? So we've got this, but... Uh, let your heart keep my commandments. Verse 2, it says, For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. So there's health. There's uh, long life when we align our heart with his commandments. And let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So right off the bat, I want you to understand that everything that I talk about today isn't about doing as much as it is about a heart condition. It's not so much about the, the rights and the wrongs as much as it is. As, is I could say, how's your heart when it comes in alignment with the things of God? How is your heart when you get into the presence of God? How does your heart respond to the things of God? When you walk into the room and you meet God face to face, when the presence of God is in here and you walk in, as you're preparing to come in to encounters with God, whether it's in the corporate scenario or on your one-to-one, your personal encounters with God, do you go with this anticipation, this heart flutter, so to speak, anticipatory encounter with God where you walk in knowing that you're going to have an encounter with Him that goes beyond just goosebumps and goes straight into something's going to happen in this encounter, in this exchange with God that when I walk in and then a few minutes later, a few hours, however long it is, and I walk out, I am changed. I am different. I am more like Him. I have dealt with things. I have surrendered more to Him. I have opened up my life for Him to go in and address things and cut away and deal with and expand upon my life his goodness and his nature so there's this heart connection where God wants us when we enter into him that it's not coming into this place and singing great songs and feeling good about ourselves but it's when we enter into his place into his presence we are fully surrendered unto him to make the hard changes in our lives you follow me you understand what I'm saying today And then in verse 4 he says, So you will find favor and good success inside of God and man. I would venture to say that if I'm having favor in the eyes of God, that means I've aligned myself with something good that will only turn around and have a natural impact. So when I align myself with the super being God, that supernatural encounter with God, then all the natural things around me begin to line up. Now that doesn't mean the struggles go away, that doesn't mean the battles fade away. That just means my perspective is right and they don't impact how I respond to the goodness of God. You with me? It also makes me think of um, when we prioritize our encounters with God to be the the main thing that we do, even in light of our busy schedules, even in light of I've got a 12-hour day in front of me, I've got 14 hours of work, I don't have time to stop for an hour and sit in the presence of God, therefore we oftentimes don't. If we would put ourselves in the position of I don't care if I have 14 hours of things to get stuck into 12 hours, if I will take that time to prioritize in the things and in the presence of God, for some reason, I would believe that those 14 hours hours of things that need to be get that need to get done might just happen in my life where i begin to become more efficient and somehow those 14 hours worth of things get done in eight hours he has this way of helping us and giving us favor not just in his eyes but then in man and things begin to come together the way They should. So we've got to get in this place where it is this heart condition, this heart encounter, this heart pursuit towards God, where things begin to align. And then we can walk into or close out our day maybe saying, you know what, in the sight of God, I had favor and I had success. And because of that, I also saw where that lined up in the things of God. And that goes back to that day, and you've heard me talk about it many, many times, that when I turned north on... um, I guess it's still 125 down there by Southern Hills Baptist Church coming up towards the fairgrounds before we'd ever moved here when God said, I'm going to do something in the spirit realm through what you do in in northeastern Oklahoma that is then going to be mirrored in the economic realm, in the in the natural realm. It's this in favor of God and then in man. When we align ourselves and have favor in the sight of God, the things in the natural automatically line up. They automatically come in line with things and we begin to see elevation in our lives. We see prosperity come to us. We see favor at work. We see uh, increase. We see all kinds of great things come to us. And even if we do have struggles, we find ourselves sitting in the midst of that struggle, arm in arm with God, arm in arm with Jesus, going, what struggle? Because if I have Jesus, I have everything. Amen? And then it leads me to the very scripture that uh, has been just rehearsing in my mind all day, all well, f- at least all the latter part of the week, this trust in the Lord with all your heart. And I think the timing of this scripture here is placed perfectly because he's already addressed this come to him allow your heart to keep his commandments, allow the steadfast love, all these things, all these words that we've just read about and then he says now trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And I think it's even more interesting because it follows this if you trust in the Lord then or and do not lean on your own understanding it means to tell me or leans to tell me that if i'm trusting god he's going to put me in circumstances and in situations and he's going to speak to me to do things that make absolutely no sense whatsoever He's going to align myself. He's going to align me. He's going to ask my family to move places to do things that in the natural make no sense whatsoever. He may ask me to do things at work. He may ask me to quit things. He may ask me to start things. He may ask me to build an ark, so to speak. He may ask me to do some pretty crazy things. But I think it's interesting that if we trust in God, if we're commanded here or or encouraged to trust in Him with all of our heart. Why on earth would the, the writer here then want to follow up with lean not on your own understanding? Because then He moves on, and in all your ways acknowledge Him. And even when it seems like things are going crazy, if I'm trusting Him, even if it seems like all hell is breaking loose, when I'm trusting Him, even if it seems like nothing is making sense, if I'm trusting Him, Him with all of my heart. This latter part of verse 6 says, And He will make straight your paths. Hmm. So I want to look this morning through the remaining scripture, the remaining verses through these uh, first 12 verses in Proverbs 3. I want to address three ways that we trust in God. And I'm going to address some heart issues. I'm going to address some heart issues in the room today. And I want you to know... I was planning to stop at verse 6, but I couldn't. I want you to know I'm being as obedient to God. This is me in the room today, trusting the Lord with all of my heart, leaning not on my own own understanding, and in all of my ways acknowledging him and allowing him to make straight my paths. So if if I touch some buttons, if I step on some feet, if I cause you to be a little frustrated with me, understand I'm pulling this straight from Scripture. I want you to be a little frustrated with yourself to the point that you allow God to begin to do that work that I opened this this whole message with. Can you do that? Can you do that with me? Okay, because this is full of grace. It's full of God's goodness, but it's not easy what I'm about to walk us through. So let's walk this through together. It says in verse 7, three ways that we can trust in God. Verse 7 says, Be not wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord, and turn away from evil. It will be... Healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. And this is the easiest of the three. Turn from evil. Why? Because it says right here, it will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. The thing is, and we're going to address this in our third point a little bit more. But the thing is, is when we deal with this, if we turn from evil, if we about face, the New Testament says flee Flee. That's a big word. That doesn't mean just put your hand up and say no. The Bible talks about resisting and fleeing. This is a turn and run away. This is having no room for evil to invade our lives. This may be addressing what we allow in our homes through television, through music, through books and reading through all kinds of avenues and sources. It might be where we go, what we do, what we entertain ourselves with, what we feed ourselves with, what we put in our systems, those things that are around us. It could be so many things, and it's between you and God what that needs to be. But if we would turn away from these things, the promises it will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Uh, one of the commentaries that I read talked about this uh Turning from evil like this, he says, "The fear of God influences men to avoid sin. That's pretty easy, and it, it and and abstain from the appearance of it by means and through the exercise of it. Men forsake it and keep a distance from it. So the fear of God, and I'm not talking about I'm afraid of God, but it's this this I respect." who he is and maybe a little bit of afraidness in there I I can approach him confidently as a son or a daughter but this fear of what's going to happen if I approach him full of baggage full of garbage now thank you for Jesus for covering me in his righteousness so that I can enter him into the presence of God even in my filth and in my my nastiness but there is this aspect of in the fear of God I want to go into his presence as pure and as holy and as right as I possibly can I want to look real quick at 1 John 3 5-9 through 9. it says you know that he appeared in order to take away sins thank you Jesus he appeared to take away sins the promises the work is on him in him look at this there is do you see that no sin in him there is no sin what's the best way to not sin to be in him abide in him spend time with him engage in his presence encounter him on a regular basis verse 6 says no one who abides in him keeps on sinning that's a pretty strong very inclusive phrase there no one on sinning no one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him so the the picture here is if I if I am abiding in him I don't keep on sinning if I keep on sinning then apparently there's a problem with my abiding can you see that and verse seven it says little children let no one deceive you whoever practices righteousness is righteous as he is righteous whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil for the devil has never been. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. So we have a choice here. We can practice righteousness, or we can practice sin. We can either be of the one who is righteous, Jesus, or we can be of the devil. There's one of two choices. We only have a choice. Hang with Jesus, hang with the devil. It's pretty straightforward here. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Great great word of encouragement here verse 9 says no one born of God makes a practice of sinning for God's seed abides in him and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God the thing here let's be born of God let's abide with God let's allow his seed to permeate us to the point in which sin no longer abounds within within us amen so moving on back to Proverbs chapter 3 verse 9 says honor the Lord this is this is this is pretty intense. You all know I don't talk about this a whole whole lot. It says, "Honor the Lord with the wealth and with the first fruits of all you produce, of all your produce." This is just going back to trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, and all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all of your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty. And your vats will be bursting with wine. Isn't it interesting? The the first point, turn from evil, said, If we would turn, we would find healing. This says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. And what's the promise here? Your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will be bursting with wine. It's a pretty interesting combination there, right? How do we honor the Lord with our wealth and with our first fruits? We're going to talk about that word first fruits in just a minute. Comes to our point number two honor God with your increase. That's another way we can say first fruits, our increase. Uh, Malachi 3 8 through 11. Pretty strong, very specific, and hard to misinterpret set of scripture here. Verse 8 says, Will a man rob God? It's a question. Will a man rob God? And it says, yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? And the answer? In your tithes and in your contributions. It's pretty straight up forward, isn't it? Now, remember, I, I'm, just, I'm just allowing, I, I was going to stop at verse 5 and 6. But we want to trust God with all of our heart and lean not on our own, own understanding, right? Verse 9, watch this. What? It didn't get any better, did it? You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. <clears throat> he was addressing a whole group of people. Verse 10. It says, so how do we fix this? It says, bring the full tithe. By the way, tithe just means tenth. That's all that means. It's, it's not a big deal. It's a tenth. Into the storehouse. The storehouse is where, where are you getting fed? Your storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me. I love this. This is one of the only places I know that we can do this. He says, Put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. And look at the verbiage here. See if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. Verse 11. I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil. The vine in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. Let me just tell you a little little picture here. I don't know how to describe God's math at all. I don't know how to do it. But I know firsthand, first experience, if if a tithe is a tenth, that means if I honor God with the first of my income, my increase, that means the first 10% goes to God. That means that 90% stays with me. By the way, it's all his because he's the provider. It's all his. So if I give him 10% and I keep 90%, for some reason, and I've seen it time and time and time again, that that 90% goes longer, further than that 100%. I tell you, I've withheld the tithe. I'm going to be honest with you. I have withheld my tithe because I felt like I couldn't afford to give it. And you know what? I couldn't. I ran out of money. And then I've given the tithe when I couldn't afford to give it, and I had money left over. It doesn't make sense, but it just works. Why? Because the promise says right here that if I will bring it to the storehouse, he says, see if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour out on you a blessing until there's no more need. There is no more need need you see that word that, that phrase until there is no more need i will rebuke the devourer for you that doesn't necessarily mean that he will increase more money so that you make it till the end of the month it just means maybe our gas tanks don't run out as quick maybe our cars don't break down maybe we don't have to buy as much there are things that he can do the devourer will not come in so that i will destroy So that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil. Now, I want to address the first fruits as well in another aspect of things. Uh, From the very beginning, with Cain and Abel, through Abraham, Moses, and even Jesus himself have all been referenced to either give or have been a first fruits. Now, the first fruits is the first, it's off of the top, it's the best of the best. And when we give it to God, He protects. The harvest. And it's hard. I get it. Especially if you've never done it. To, to begin to contribute towards the house of God or to the storehouse. The tithe is a hard thing to wrap your brain around. I totally and completely understand it. But that goes back to verses 5 and 6 of Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. This is acknowledging him. I used to, I used to say this, and this is, this is a little bold, but I'm going to say it. I, I used to say, well, I guess I still say it, that when I withhold my tithe, it's like me saying, you know what, God, I don't need your help with my finances. I've got it. And when I give him my tithe, it's like saying, God, I can't do it without you. I need your help. So we've got to honor God with our increase. Going back to Proverbs 3, verse 11. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of the reproof. For the Lord reproves him who he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. And that leads me to my third part. And that's just simply submit to discipline. Submit to his discipline. The thing about God's discipline is it's only intended to make us better. It's only intended to help us. It's never intended to tear us down, to make us feel less, to to embarrass us. I, I don't believe God would, would say, um, would ever corporately pull somebody up and say, you've been doing this, this, and this, deal with it in front of a whole group of people. That's why we can easily submit to him. We can easily submit to him because by nature, we know that he is love, and everything he does is born of love. We can submit. Think about think about the times we've had to discipline our own kids and how much it hurt us to discipline them. But we knew we had to because of what it would do to help them be better at. You see, we've got to submit. His discipline, and I could I could pull out scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture about His discipline and how it helps us, and it's birthed in love, and how it it's meant to build us up and not tear us down. It's meant to to help us grow, and it's meant to help us um, see the better things of God and not destroy us. But ultimately, the big thing is we've got to trust in God. And it's hard. I understand. All of this, this is is not at all what I set out. I wanted to just concentrate on how awesome it is to trust God. But then I realized that there are things in our lives that very practically need to be put in front of us to show that we're trusting God. I once heard somebody say, are you trusting or are you trying? I'd like to say I'm trusting Because trying is not trusting. But the big exciting news is when we trust God, he intervenes. He never will leave us. He'll never forsake us. His whole point is to improve us. His whole point is to have greater influence in our lives. And I'd much rather him have total control of everything everything about what i'm going through and what i'm dealing with than me to try to control it listen i'm i'm pretty good at some things he's a whole lot better at everything than i'll ever be at even the things i'm the best at in my sphere of what i can do amen so trusting god it's a big deal sure hope you've enjoyed today's podcast if it has blessed you please click the subscribe leave some feedback Uh, should you want to contribute towards this ministry and all that we're doing in northeastern oklahoma feel free to go to our website wlmiami.com that's w-l-m-i-a-m-i.com click on the give tab and it'll walk you through some steps right there god bless you and until next time